Welcome to Resilience Found, a podcast of stories shared in hopes to inspire, encourage, and most importantly, let others know they are not alone. Everyone has a story to tell. Do you want to tell yours? Today, we are hearing from Chris in Chicago about her journey with infertility. So Chris, thank you for being here today. Uh, I know this is a conversation that uh, cannot maybe always be the easiest to talk about, but I thank you for being willing to share your experiences and hopefully there's someone out there that's going to hear this. It's really going to resonate with them and um, bring them hope and uh, connection. Could you take us to when you first realized that this was going to be a difficult journey? Sure. Well, thank you so much for having me. I think it's really important. And a lot of people don't have, I know I didn't have any type of support group when I was going through this. So what you're doing, I think is so important. Thank you. Um, and when I realized that I was going to have issues actually goes even before my, my husband, I was married prior to being with my current husband and um, we had never tried to have kids or anything, but I we got a divorce at age 36 and I was so worried that I would never meet anyone or be able to have children. And so I actually took the step to freeze eggs um, at that age. And at that age, you know, I, I wasn't, I was just very nervous about the possibility of not having a child because I knew I always wanted a child in my life. So I froze those eggs. And then when I met my husband, I was kind of, you know, cocky about it. I have these eggs frozen. We can take our time. And we got married at age 39 and um, started trying immediately. And all of a sudden a year had passed and nothing had happened. And I went to um, the doctor just for a checkup and I ended up leaving in tears because he pretty much told me, you know, at your age, it's going to be very hard for you to get pregnant. And I think that you need to use these eggs right now. And uh, you might even need an egg donor. And I, I, I left in tears because I thought, you know, I'm 39. I feel like I'm still I'm in good shape and I'm still young and I'm healthy. And, um, I ended up getting all the testing done and it showed that, you know, that I have the uterus like of a 26 year old, it was called unexplained infertility. Um, so we started the process by freezing, um, unfreezing two eggs and my husband, um, we did IUI, which is, um, if for people that don't know, people call it the turkey baster. Um, but mm-hmm. basically they injected my husband into my, my eggs, which were 36 years old. So I was like, okay, those are, you know, young enough. I'm for sure going to get pregnant. And sure enough, I got the call, um, that it didn't work, um, after I went in for the blood test and then it really hit me. And I remember my husband coming home from work because I was crying so hard and I was just sitting on the kitchen floor and I'd saying, I just don't understand. I don't understand why it's this hard. We did five of those IUIs with my frozen eggs and none of them worked. Um, And then, yeah. And did, well, so I want to pause for one second and ask you, when you said that the doctors looked at your uterus and said, it's a 20, it's like a 26 year old uterus, but it's unexplained for infertility. What, I mean, what kind of explanation is that? (laughs) 
Well, we did every test under the sun. They, it looked like I still had viable eggs. Um, and they just, it's a thing, I guess, just called unexplained infertility. And they said also I was of advanced age, so that could help. But my uterus was in good shape. There weren't, you know, I'd had polyps in the past, but that was pretty much the extent of my medical issues um, in that sense. So um, it, it was my advanced age and then unexplained infertility. And that had to be just... I mean, how did you feel hearing that? Were you just so frustrated and very much? I was devastated, and I was like, you know, I took the steps to freeze my eggs, which was very expensive process, um, and it's it's very trying thing to do as well. And I here I am, you know, looking at all of my friends having kids, no problem, um, and mm -hmm. so I became unfortunately kind of a very angry person, a very bitter person. Um, I had a hard time being around my friends. I apologized many times to my best friend who had birthday parties for her son that I couldn't go to for my mental well-being because it made me too sad thinking of the possibility I might never have that. Your husband comes home, you're on the kitchen floor, and yeah. I mean, I'm sure he was didn't know what to say. <laughs> He didn't. He actually called the, do the doctor's office and said, someone needs to talk to her and someone needs to tell her that it's going to be okay. And they said, we can't do that. So um, as I mentioned, we went through that process five more times, met with the doctor again. And he said that, I think that we need to do a full-blown IVF. And I think that you need to get an egg donor. And okay. gave me a website to start looking at egg donors. And um Again, I left in tears. I have no problems with getting an egg donor, but I, when they're saying that it's unexplained and that everything looks okay, it was just hard for me to comprehend that. So we ended up switching and going to a different clinic. And that doctor was very positive and said, you know, I do think we should do IVF because by this time I was 40. Um, and I do think we should do IVF. And I had two of those eggs left, um, the old eggs. And I think we should thaw those eggs and then use whatever other eggs that we get um, during your IVF process. How did you go about finding the new doctors and what made you give up on the one you were working with? That's or not great... give up, but what made you say, eh, I'm going to try somebody else? I felt like he was just very negative um, as far as you need an egg donor right away. And I said, so what if I get like four eggs? He's like, you won't even get four eggs at your age. I mean, I just felt like, and my wow. husband said to me, every time we leave, you're in tears. And I am a sensitive person as it is. I cry at commercials. So like, but when it came to my uterus and us <laughs> having a child, I was overly sensitive, obviously. Um, so we just, uh, a friend of mine who worked for my company at another hotel was the only person, and it's weird, um, people don't talk about this a lot. And for some reason we were at a conference and together and we weren't close friends at all, but she mentioned a doctor's name and said, well, he's the reason I have my son. And I said, what do you mean? And she's like, I had to do IVF, we couldn't have kids. It instantly bonds you to that person. We're like amazing friends to this day. Like I send gifts to her kids all the time. and. Um, but she, she, he was in Chicago, the doctor, and she told me to call him and I did, and he was very positive. And he said, I think we should do this. I think we should use your own eggs. 
Um, so we started the process. And if, you know, if people have gone through IVF, it's a very, very scary thing. It's a lot of, you have to go through, um, which I cried again, you have to go through a big orientation as to the different shots. You have to go to the clinic every single day because they test your estrogen levels and your progesterone levels. And they say, okay, tonight you do this shot with this shot at this time. Um, and I travel, I'm in the hospitality industry and travel quite a bit for work. And I had some business trips during the 10 days when I was supposed to be, or I had one business trip during the 10 days when I was supposed to be doing this. Um, and so my husband literally drew circles with a Sharpie on my butt. So I knew where to give myself <laughs> a shot. And Whatever while works. I was, exactly. <laughs> while I was gone. Um, and I, I had to tell my boss at the time what I was going through because I would have to leave meetings to, to do this, to give myself injections. And he was very, very, very supportive. And I think that that, that was just huge for me. Um, we had a dinner one night and no one on my team knew what was going on, but he came up and whispered in my ears, everything okay. If you need to excuse yourself, you know, you can. And I think having that support and now looking back, I do feel like if I wasn't so guarded and that if I let more people in, then people might've been, I might've had more support than I felt like I had. I just felt like I didn't know anyone going that went through anything like this. So they couldn't possibly understand. And what um, do you, what do you think kept you going? You know, like you said, you know, we went through with the previous doctor, you had mm -hmm. tried five, did you say five more times? Five IUIs. Um, and then one, the full blown IVF with the new doctor, which um, the difference between IUI and IVF, if people don't know, is IUI is basically, it's just you're injecting the sperm into you and you, there's not all the shots, there's not all of the, you know, getting your body ready to have, and you're put under to get the egg retrieval, to get your eggs out. And then the eggs are out of you and they're injected with your with the sperm. And then they watch them for a period of five days to see how many fertilize, how many die off, and how many seem to be continuing to grow but to, before they decide what to do. What, and yeah. what do you think uh, after all these, the previous, uh, the failed attempts, mm -hmm. what kept you going? Wanting a child. Um, I felt like I had to do everything in my power. So at least I can say I tried everything that I, that I wanted to. And my husband and I had decided, you know, we'll adopt if that's what's meant to be for us, we will. Um, but the, the thought of not seeing what he and I would have made together, it was just heartbreaking for me. Um, and I'm an only, I'm an only child. So I, I don't have like nieces and nephews even in my life. So I, it was just really important for me to have a child or children in my life. And so even with, you know, uh, it's it's remarkable that even with all of the, you know, uh, I don't want to say failed attempts, but mm -hmm, I guess are. it was, yeah. um, you know, you, you still found it within you that like, no, this is what I want. And this is, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to do this. I'm going to make this happen. I did. And I actually, um, you know, even my, 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 I hate to say this, but I even had, you know, family members that weren't so supportive just because they didn't want to see me keep getting hurt and keep getting sad. And I was starting to isolate myself. 
from my very best friends because one of them has three kids and it was no problem whatsoever. And one has a beautiful child and it was no problem whatsoever, which is not their fault in the slightest bit, but I would get resentful um, and I couldn't help it. So I, you know, I had people telling me, you just need to stop and move forward. And I even got the name of an adoption attorney from one of my friends and all that stuff. But I just needed to do this to say I did everything in my power to make sure that 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 wasn't my path. And what do you think kept you from sharing with close friends that had children and that, that it seemed right that they had this easy journey? Was it you know, mm-hmm. oh, they're not going to understand, or I feel ashamed, or uh, I don't know do if it think? was ashamed. I think it was more, you know, I it it wasn't fair to them. It definitely wasn't fair to them that I didn't let them in as much as I could have, and I instantly bonded with people that had had challenges. But I just was so scared someone would say the wrong thing, even if they didn't mean to. Um, you know, I my sister-in-law, she, she's like, Oh, here's what you do. All you have to do is like have sex every other day. And that's how I got my second child. And, and it just like set me through the roof. Like, obviously that didn't, doesn't work for me. <laughs> like, I, I mean, so I was just so afraid that someone I care about and love is going to say something like that. And it's just going to like, I'm going to snap back and it's going to hurt the relationship because they don't know better and they are just trying to help, but it's, it's not helpful to say stuff like that. So in retrospect, and I have apologized so many people for shutting them out during that time and not celebrating their children's accomplishments or anything like that, because they have now welcomed me with open arms. Um, Mm -hmm. But I wish I would have, and I actually turned to the internet, like on all these groups of women in their forties that are, can't have children. And I'm congratulating the ones that their IVF worked or whatever. And that's where I found my, unfortunately, that's where I found my support that and my husband, obviously. Well, that's, I mean, I think that's a great thing though, that those groups exist Mm -hmm. and that you were able to turn, you know, uh, I don't think we can always fault ourselves for not turning to family and friends um, when maybe when we should. I think we're all guilty of it, right? Right. Um, At certain points in our lives. So take us, so Mm -hmm. you started working with the new doctor and it was a referral from a friend who had been through similar things. Yes. And how, you know, did you feel like a renewed sense of... um, optimism and excitement about working with the, the the new doctor? I actually did. He put me on like some great vitamins and supplements and I started acupuncture, which was amazing for me. Um, and it was specifically for fertility. I don't like massages. I'm a weird girl. I don't like any of that type of stuff, (laughs) but I did love acupuncture. It made me feel just like a noodle afterwards. And so he gave me all these positive things that I can be doing. And he never once said, I don't think this is going to work for you. Like the other doctor did. So I really do think that the mindset that he had and that I had is the reason that I do have a child today. Um, but yeah, we, we went through the whole IVF process. Um, when I went in for my egg retrieval, I went in thinking, you know, I'm 40, I might not get anything. And I got 28 eggs. 
Um, wow. To the point where I was what's called overstimulated. I could barely walk because I just like I had a million eggs in me, I guess, inside of me. Um, but I got 28 eggs, which does not mean that they're all viable eggs by any means. Um, but that was a good sign. And I remember I woke up because they put you under and the doctor was holding my hand and he said, you did amazing. He said, this is, this is great. And then that just made me feel really great and positive too. So I think it's all in your care provider as well. If you're working with somebody that is being negative and pessimistic and saying, you just need to move on, you need to find a new doctor or at least get a second opinion. Okay. And so when did you uh, get the news yeah, that, so, yeah, that the it next, worked? <laughs> the next step in the process is it's a, it's a long process. So you get these eggs and, um, and hopefully someone's listening that is thinking about going through the process so they can know what it entails. But you get these eggs and then they fertilize all of them because um, your husband gives his stuff beforehand and they fertilize all of them. And then you wait overnight to see how many fertilize. So then we got a call the next day and they say 16 fertilized. So the rest are gone that didn't. And then they let them go for five days to see how many keep growing and growing and growing. And by the end of those five days, I had four out of 28. Um, wow. So that's, I was like, is this bad? And he said, no, you know, at your age, I, I expected you to maybe get eight eggs and for half to work to be viable and you that you have four, so you're good. Um, we took it a step further and we got what's called genetic testing done on the eggs. And the reason for doing that was just to make sure that there were no genetic abnormalities, which I would have, we would have still had the baby, but that could cause miscarriage as well, just to be prepared. Um, like if I had a miscarriage, that was why. Um, okay. So we actually got the genetic testing done and then that's another waiting game. So for, we waited a full week for them to say, you know, if they're by if they're if they're okay or not so i was like if we get the call and they say that they all have abnormalities we need to be prepared for that but we got the call and they said they were all perfect um wow. and which is which is so crazy because for a 40 year old so that's why i want to say if anyone's listening that is of advanced age or whatever they say please don't give up because four, you know, four eggs, all genetically fine. And I have friends, you know, in their twenties and thirties that have, that don't have that. So it really just, it, you never know. Um, and we, my doctor, which is the best thing that we did said, I want to let your body recover and I want to freeze these and let your body recover for a month before I start you on any other medications. Cause you have to start medication again, then to inject the eggs into you back into yourself. So, wow. Uh, so how long does like the whole process, how many months or yeah. does it take for the process to be complete or a full round to be complete? I yeah, guess? that's a great question. So the shots themselves are 10 days and then you do the uh, egg retrieval on the 11th day and then we waited five, so we're already at like 16 days. So it's a good month, month and a half at least. Okay. 
Um, okay. And then if it doesn't work, then you start, you have to give your, you have to give another, you have to have like another period and give your body time and then start over again. So my doctor was very adamant, you know, since I got overstimulated and um, to give my body a break, which is the best thing ever. So my husband and I went to Cancun and drank margaritas and, you know, we said <laughs> this is in God's hands and we had a great time. And I honestly think that that just put me in like such a good mindset when I came back and we had our appointment for my, um, for them to gosh, now I can't even remember what it's called when they put the, the egg back inside you. Um, we decided to do two eggs, to put two eggs in. And mm-hmm. um, another thing they tell you during genetic testing is that sex. So we had two boys and two girls. So we put in a boy and a girl. And, uh-huh. um, and then you have to wait again, ten, seven or 10 days for them. And then you go in and get blood taken. And then they call you and tell you if you're pregnant or not. So I'll never forget that day. Um, I was getting my blood work done. My husband was going to work and he said, call me either way. And I said, I'm not going to call you. I'm just going to wait for you to get home. Like this could be our only shot. And I'm not going to tell you over the phone if I'm pregnant. And he said, well, I, I'll know that you're not because I don't think you'll be able to not call me. So I, I, um, I got the phone call March 9th, 2015 at like 10 a.m. And she said, you're pregnant. Your numbers are amazing. Um, we need you to come back the next two days. You have to keep going back to make sure your numbers are going up so that everything's going well. And, um, I ran out and I bought a little baby outfit and I bought a sparkling cider and a shirt that said, uh, pregnant, like a rock star. And I didn't call him and oh, wow. <laughs> I did. That it, must have it, been hard. It was so hard, but it was my dad's birthday. So I called him and he, Aww. he started crying and he was very happy. Um, I also unfortunately had to call my boss cause I was supposed to leave for a business trip the next day and I couldn't go, but my boss luckily knew everything going on. And he said, I don't care. I'm just so happy. So, so awful that I told my boss and my dad before my husband, but it was really important to me to tell my husband in person. Um, yeah. But he told me that his walk home from the L was horrible because he, for sure, since he didn't hear from me, thought that I wasn't pregnant. And he came inside and he said that his heart, he could hear his heartbeat. And when he came up and he saw me in the shirt, it's the first time I ever saw him cry in our entire life and still to this day. Um, <laughs> so that was an, a great moment. And it's still, when you go through IVF, it's still touch and go. Um, you know, through the first trimester, I had to go to the doctor pretty much every week just to make sure things were still progressing the way that they should. And I had one scare when I was on a business trip. Um, and I was like nine weeks pregnant. I just started bleeding profusely and had to go to the emergency room. And I thought for sure I was having a miscarriage and I was by myself in Kansas city. And, um, it turned out, it turned out, I don't even remember what it's called, but it was just a buildup of so gross buildup of blood behind my cervix that burst. So it was no, nothing, everything was fine. And then from that point on, I had a, a great pregnancy, but 
I do remember when I graduated from going to the fertility doctor after my first trimester and going to a regular doctor, you're going to think I cry all the time, but I cry, <laughs> I cried again <laughs> because it was just such a comfort know, knowing that, you know, the fertility doctor, I was seeing him every week. And then I graduated to a regular doctor that I wouldn't see every single week anymore because everything was going fine. Um, and I had my daughter November 15th. I'm just glad that I, that I got that second opinion and I didn't listen to the first doctor. I, yeah, I mean, that would have been, I mean, that it was, it was a life-changing decision. Absolutely. So that's my story. And I said that I would do what you're doing um, and talk to other people and I never did it. And so I'm so glad that you're doing something like this because it's just, it's so important and there's so many people that just feel alone, like I did, and I'm just glad you're doing this. I had a few more questions. Yeah. Um, just, you know, more around, um, you know, I guess to your point that you just mentioned, there's so many people. It seems like, to me, it seems like things are starting to be talked about a lot more than they used to be. Um, but what, you know, in your opinion, you know, as you've been through it and you know other folks that have been, why do you think it is that it's not talked about more? You know, I have a friend who went through it and I only found out she went through it because we were at lunch and I told her what I was going through and I was very vocal about it. And she, she's like, oh yeah, both my kids were IVF. And I'm like, I had no idea. And she said, I never told anyone. Like I, she's like, I didn't tell anyone. And I think she was embarrassed about it. And I don't know why, like maybe as women, people think that we're supposed to, but it seems so old school to think this way that you're supposed to bear children and, you know, whatever. But I do agree with you that it's becoming more and more mainstream now and that it's becoming more talked about. But I think that a lot of people just are embarrassed, maybe because all of their friends have kids and it was no issue um, but the littlest thing people would say would irritate me. My friend would be like, oh, she, my daughter didn't sleep last night. It was so annoying. I'm so tired. And I'd like, I would give my, I would do anything to have a kid up all night. Well, now um, I said, I and like, I would pray, you know, to God and say, if you give me a kid, I will never complain about her my entire life. Well, that's not so easy to do after you have a kid, but, it's, <laughs> right. <laughs> but I will say that because of everything I went through, I don't want to say I appreciate her more than other people appreciate their kids, but I do have a sense of appreciation because I knew how hard I worked to get her, um, that like, I feel like I do have a higher tolerance sometimes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you're more, uh, maybe because of the awareness that you have of what you went through. Yeah. Yeah. And you're probably just more mindful, right? That, gosh, you know if I act like I'm not grateful for this, <laughs> even right. when it's tough. Yeah. I, I could, I could relate to that. Yeah. Um, I, and I do think people are talking about it more. I have a friend that posted this huge thing on her Facebook page about what she was going through and everybody was like, wow, I had no idea. And, um, I think it does help to talk more. One of the reasons I don't think that I talked about it a lot is because when I would get those negative results, like somebody asking me what happened is, was it positive? And me having to say no would just gut me. So I felt like the less people that knew what I was going through, the more people I had to explain when it failed. 
That's fair. And what what sort of advice would you give to somebody else that's either uh, you know, thinking about freezing their eggs or thinking about doing IVF or um, maybe has been trying IVF and it's not working. I mean, just mm-hmm. as a whole, like what would, what advice would you give? Like, what did you wish that someone would have told you or m- maybe that would have helped or, um, that's a big question, but yeah, I think that you've got to do what's right for you and it is daunting, but I've got to say, I don't even remember certain aspects or what the medications were called. My daughter's five now, and I don't remember. And my husband and I were just talking about it. It was all consuming. But like I said, it was all consuming for a month. And um, I, I don't even remember a lot of the medications and when I was supposed to take them. And so it might seem daunting to you, but someday it'll be a distant memory. But for me, it's almost a good, a good memory. I feel... This sounds so cheesy, but I feel like kind of like a warrior. Like I feel like a badass bitch because I I did all <laughs> you that. should because I gave myself shots in the ass. Excuse my, I don't know if you're allowed to swear on this. Nope, that's fine. I gave, I gave myself shots when I was on a business trip by myself and traveled with my shots because I wanted this child so badly. So it really, but it, it increased my strength and my self esteem. The whole process. But Mm -hmm. I, you know, I got pregnant. And so, you know, for somebody that it might not work their first attempt or something, you're going to get defeated and you're going to get defeated by that. But um, I would say keep trying until you feel like you physically can't take it anymore um, because the reward will be, you know, it will outweigh. Another thing, though, my insurance covered it and it's a very expensive process. So if, mm-hmm. if, if you can't afford it, then completely understandable too. It just, you just have to think about what's right for you, how badly you want it and how much you can endure in order to get it. And so, you know, when you were saying that you felt like a warrior and a badass and <laughs> it boosted your self-esteem, do you also feel like it made you more resilient? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, it's funny because I just had my yearly physical and she was like, um, how are you with needles? I'm like, listen, this little needle <laughs> in my arm, please. I'm like, I can do this, but not just with that, but I do feel like it made me more resilient because I just, I just never thought that I would be able to endure anything like that. Like that, the whole process for us was two years. I got married in 2013, November of 2013, and had my, and we started trying, actually, we started trying before we got married because we thought maybe it'll be an issue because I was a little bit older. So, I mean, we got married in November of 2013, and my daughter was born in November of 2015. So it was like a two-year process for us, and there were some pretty dark days, but it also made me see, you know, how, if, if he and I can get through that together, we can get through anything. And now I'm like, gosh, I can't imagine, even though I'm looking at my house right now and there's just toys and crap and Legos everywhere. And I'm like, but I can't imagine if I never would have known her. It just, it just is unimaginable to me. Um, so, but you know, the process, it doesn't work for everybody. And it, you have to do what your body can endure and 
you know, adoption is also a great, great thing. I have a girlfriend, if you ever want to talk to her, who went through the whole IVF process and didn't get pregnant and um, found an adoption attorney and got her son when he was just born. And he is the most amazing little boy. And she, in her head, said all of that had to happen for me to find Christian, her son. She said that just, oh. I would have never, ever thought of adopting if I wouldn't have first done the IVF and done the IUIs and done all of that stuff. And I mean, they're the, they're just the sweetest family and that's her son. And she's like, I was meant to have him. So it, what's meant to be, it's such a trite phase, but phrase, excuse me, but I honestly believe what's meant to be will be. And mm -hmm. um, if you're meant to have an adopted child, you're meant to have an adopted child. And if you're meant to have an egg donor, you're meant to have an egg donor. And, you know, if you're meant to have a child with your own eggs, you're meant to do that. So what, what will happen for you will happen for you. And it's, you're going to get frustrated. You're going to get down and you're going to get sad and it's normal and it's okay, but you need to let people in and have support. Your testimony is very powerful. And I think that uh, you know, at least one person out there is going to hear us and your job is done <laughs> in that way. So. Someone's going to hear this and it's, it's going to really hit home for them. I hope so. And thank you for having me on and letting me do this since I never did it myself. And I even said that my goal when all of this is over is to help other women. And I just got too caught up with my daughter and going back to life as normal. And yeah. So thank you for giving me this platform. I appreciate it.